0: Money FM 89.3 The best of your money. Market view on Money FM
1: 89.3. Asia Pacific markets trading relatively flat this morning following a night of losses on Wall Street. Joining me now as we break down all the market action if I can pry him away from his uh, is it wrestling models is that it Ryan?
0: Yeah, that's on my shopping list. I don't have them yet exactly. um, But uh, maybe in time to come when I can um, figure out which ones I'm going to get first.
1: All right, that's on your Christmas list. Now, after digesting the latest Fed minutes and the job numbers on Wednesday, Wall Street is turning its attention to corporate earnings as a broad cross section of companies open their books. One company in focus is Walgreens Boots Alliance. Now, the pharmacy chain is reporting a big loss last quarter despite strong sales. So I want to start with the revenue side of the equation, Ryan. Walgreens Boots grossed more than 33 billion US dollars for the three months. Ended November So what's boosted sales? Yeah, so you have what I think you
0: might have seen around you People just stocking up and just bracing themselves for the flu season So already this has come through for Walgreens Boots Alliance The early flu season and strong demand for over-the-counter cough and cold medicine That was a big driver for sales It jumped to thirty-three point. 4 billion dollars roughly it is uh, just down slightly from the earlier year of 33.9 billion so all in still quite a boost and it also saw a driver coming through from the beauty and personal care sales which helped to offset losses elsewhere for example a dip in demand for covid vaccines and home test kits so all in those were the drivers for the quarter
1: Mm -hmm. But despite all that cough and cold medicine and not to mention the beauty products that Walgreens Boots has sold, it still posted a huge loss, 3.7 billion US dollars. So how did it fall so far in the red run?
0: Yeah, it has something to do that's been playing out in the US pharma space for quite a long time, for years. It is the opioid crisis. So, related to that, has been many Mm. lawsuits and litigation. So, Walgreens has had to pay a $5.2 billion settlement. So, a lot of that loss was due to it. So, this is after a number of states claimed that the company mishandled prescriptions and should have realised they were prescribing the drug, which is ultra additive too often. So, this is um, something that Has affected Walgreens' bottom line.
1: So, what do you think the picture is like going forward for Walgreens Boots? Okay, you have
0: a couple of things going for it in the form of potential future drivers of revenue, including acquisitions. So, it is in the process of buying. Care Centrics, which specializes in home care for patients after they've been discharged from the hospital, and also Shields Health Solutions, a specialty pharmacy company, so potential new revenue streams. So, mm-hmm. those acquisitions plus potentially um, better than expected sales coming forth. Walgreens has raised its full-year sales guidance by 3 billion to 3.5 billion dollars bringing it to up to 137.5 billion dollars. So that is all despite near term headwinds Walgreens CFO has flagged a couple of them including COVID headwinds, continued investments into the healthcare strategy so expenses and labor costs for hiring pharmacists and higher tax rates.
1: Investors don't appear so optimistic. They sold off Walgreens Boots shares overnight. The stock finished down 6%. I'm going to take a look now at other corporate earnings, game show style. You're listening to Your Money with me, Michelle Martin. He's Ryan Huang, and it is time for Up or Down. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go, Michelle. Our first entry is a company that sells Corona Beer, Woodbridge Wines, and Bell Mead Bourbon. And it's called Constellation Brands. So what do you think? <laughs> is Constellation Brands an up or a down?
0: Well, not so stellar for Constellation. This is because higher costs are hitting its supply chain for beer. So as mm. many businesses are bracing or grappling with, higher costs are starting to eat into their profit margins. And this is um, hitting conservation Brand's latest quarter. So something that is um, possibly going to weigh on it in, in the coming year.
1: Yeah, profit margins down. In the last quarter, Constellation Brands facing higher raw material and logistic costs. But people must be drinking a lot because Constellation Brands sold nearly half a billion U.S. dollars worth of alcohol last quarter. And that topped analyst expectations. So I'm going to give this one an up for Constellation Brands. Next up, a company that makes Duncan Hines cake mixes and Slim Jims, amongst other things. That company is called Conagra. All right, so Conagra is going to be an up for me. And this
0: is on a rather upbeat outlook for this year. So he's expecting higher sales and earnings this year. And this is after reporting a revenue increase of more than 10% or rather more than 8% in his latest quarter. And this is off the back of what it believes to be a significant inflection point in where is net sales per unit are once again higher than the cost of goods per unit. So that's going to be a turnaround for the business.
1: Yeah. In addition to drinking more alcohol, consumers are apparently eating more snacks. I mean, it goes together, right? And they're also eating more ready-to-eat meals. So, Conagra's sales jumped by more than eight percent in the last quarter to 3.3 billion U.S. dollars. Definitely an up for Conagra, whose shares rose three percent overnight. Now, our next two entries today are not directly related to earnings, but I wanted to include them. First up, Bed Bath and Beyond. Ryan.
0: Okay, Bed. Bitbuff and Beyond is going to be down for me. And this is after the company warned of potential bankruptcy. It's out of cash and it might have to file for bankruptcy. So this is uh, going to mean possibly having to close down its stores.
1: I know, I didn't think I'd see the day when this would happen. Every time I passed a Bed Bath & Beyond in the States, they were packed. But shares of Bed Bath & Beyond plunged nearly 30% overnight on news that the company may indeed file for bankruptcy. And finally, our last up or down entry for today, Panasonic. Panasonic, I would
0: go with down. So this is around news that it's going to stop making rice cookers in Japan after six decades. So this is where... The original rice cooker was born, so to speak, and has been made for the past 60 years, is now being moved to be made in China. So this is off the back of how trends, demographic trends have been changing in Japan. So older people don't, I guess, want to um, buy as much Panasonic rice cookers and the younger crowd are not eating as much rice as well. So all that contributes to less business for the rice cooker segment, and it's shifting elsewhere where there is more business, which is China as well as India.
1: Yeah, so Panasonic will no longer make rice cookers in the country that gave birth to the product itself, Japan. Panasonic is a Japanese company, and like many other companies, it's moving some of its operations, specifically its rice cooker operations, to Hangzhou, China. Maybe that makes economic sense, but I'm going to give that a down for Panasonic. Next up, Ryan, all week, we've been looking ahead to what's in store for markets in 2023 and we've examined the various cases for the bulls and the bears when it comes to U.S. stocks, Singapore equities, foreign exchange and the price of gold. And today I want to turn our attention to black gold, Mm. and that is oil. Brent crude is currently trading at around 78 US dollars per barrel. West Texas is at 74 US dollars. Oil prices started the year by crashing 9% in just two days. So what is behind the sell off?
0: Yeah. So you have a weekly loss on track for weekly loss for oil prices. And a couple of reasons could be driving that. One is the overall negative vibe that's coming through from the headlines. One of them, for example, is the IMF forecasting that a third of the world's economies is going to slip into recession this year. So that's going to mean that's demand for oil overall. And you have also what's playing out in China. The fears of uh, larger slowdown in the near term at least because of the pickup in COVID-19 cases. So that's also weighing on the prospect of oil. And this is all going to mean potentially, well, oil being under pressure for the near term.
1: And just how far do do the bears think that oil prices could drop?
0: Okay, so we are looking at prices right now crashing from over 82 to over 78. So overall, with the economic outlook looking quite bearish, um, the overall picture right now is looking at around $60 going by some of the market analysts putting out their forecasts.
1: Okay, that's the bearish case. Overnight, oil prices edged higher following a two-day slump. So there must be some oil bulls out there, Ryan. What is the bullish case for oil?
0: Yeah, it's a tough one to call because you have two camps. Hmm. One is the bearish camp, which we've just talked about, and one is the bullish camp. And there are so many moving parts, it's very hard to put your finger on how, where, It goes from here. So the bullish argument is that the China reopening story is going to mean things will pick up. So depending on how you look at it, glass half full or half empty, long term, China will reopen and in time to come, travel, or the factories will start running again and it will mean higher demand for oil. So that is pretty much the main driver that I'm catching from the bullish story for oil.
1: Okay, so say you're with the bulls on this one, right? What are some plays to invest on this strategy?
0: Okay, so if you are looking at potential uh, beneficiaries, the popular one these days seem to be Occidental Petroleum. That was the hot favourite for Warren Buffett last year. It was actually Mm. the top stock last year, one of the top performers. So maybe this year it's going to be playing out the same fashion and I guess it doesn't hurt that you have headlines like this oil and gas company Hyundai Oil Bank paying 120 months of bonus. So maybe it's going to be boom time again for the oil and gas sector this year.
1: The energy sector was the best performer on Wall Street last year, delivering solid returns at a time when most stocks were down. We'll be keeping our eye on energy stocks to see if they can repeat the performance in 2023. Now over to the world's most anticipated tech show. It's the world's biggest consumer electronics show that kicked off overnight in Las Vegas. Enormous crowds are expected to return to CES 2023 after the pandemic clamped down on in-person attendance. Now, ahead of the show, Sony announced the launch of a new electric vehicle. Think about it. The company, synonymous with PlayStations and Walkmans, has built a car. Of course, Sony didn't do it alone. It teamed up with Honda and that new car is called a Fila. And it is slick. I wonder if you've seen this, Ryan. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures. It does
0: look quite sleek, very rather futuristic. And it is looking quite polished. You've got a matte feel to it. It's... Um, a sedan, you've got a light bar across the front, a close-off grille. And if you look at how it's been described, a feeler, according to the makers, represents their concept of an interactive relationship where people feel the sensation of interactive mobility and where mobility can detect and understand people and society by utilizing sensing AI technologies. Quite a mouthful um, with a very... uh, Strange description, I would say. <laughs> but I think the idea is that, that you're trying to leverage Sony's innovations with Honda's products. And I think you pointed out PlayStation, pointed out um, the Walkman. So it has a huge entertainment uh, value proposition here, as well mm. as all the various sensors like LiDAR, ultrasonic sensors, radar cameras, All that could be built into your future cars to help maybe park your car or detect potential um, accidents. So it's a very promising premise, but I will see more details.
1: Yeah, the Afila is the product of a joint venture with Sony Honda Mobility. And in case you're all excited and you want to plonk down some money for it, the EV won't be on sale for another few years, but it is expected to be priced like a Mercedes or a BMW. And company officials say that the car with will leverage Sony's experience with entertainment and AI, virtual reality and even augmented reality. Mm. So how intelligent will this car be? Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, what else, Ryan, has caught your eyes so far at CES 2023? All right, a
0: couple of things. Um, I yeah. am looking at this gadget um, from Samsung. So it's the Some Smart Things Hub that will help you to connect all your. Samsung gadgets, of course, to your home. Uh So it's a big play into locking you in into the Samsung ecosystem. So it's trying to get itself into the field where Amazon and Google and to a certain extent, Apple HomeKit is already in. So Samsung making a bigger play. So this hub also is a wireless charger. Another quirky one that I've come across is this smart toilet, so to speak. So it's an attachment that you can oh, yeah. put around your toilet, so mm-hmm. whatever it catches or senses, it can tell you more about your health. So it's quite smart. If you think about it. You now, daily updates or whenever you use the toilet, it
1: can judge your health based on your usage. You are so polite, Ryan. Yeah, this is a block that you put in your toilet, and it figures out what is in your pee. So <laughs> it can tell you whether you're hydrated or whether you need more of certain minerals. I think it's brilliant. Mm. Yeah. And in in other products that I saw and that I liked was a little huggable cushion from Japan's Yukai Engineering. And it's called the Fufuli. And it's meant to reduce anxiety because it vibrates as well. So that's kind of quirky. I like that. Mm. And L'Oreal, meanwhile, is introducing a lipstick applicator that is robotic so it's stabilizes. Movements for people with limited hand or arm mobility. Hey, we all need our lipstick. In other news, the Business Times has put together a list of 10 local stocks to watch in the year ahead. And this week, we've already taken a look at Semcorp Marine, UOB and Singapore Airlines. And you can check out our podcast, Ryan and me, talking about this on Spotify and Audio. You want to look out for your money with Michelle Martin. That's the playlist. So let's turn to another stock on BT's 2023 watch list. And that is a coal mining company. They're called Geo Energy Resources. So the question, Ryan, Why is GeoEnergy a stock to watch in the year ahead?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one to talk about because when you talk about the issues these days, ESG, Mm. for example, that is becoming a growing concern for many investors and it's not sexy anymore to invest in oil and gas companies. So this is GeoEnergy on the 10 stocks to watch. So one of the reasons as a company that it looks attractive is because it is debt-free. The company has $214.7 million in cash as of the end of September, which could come in handy for acquisitions at a time when we are seeing right now. A lot of the valuations or other coal assets are down for the reasons we talked about, ESG being one of them. So it's in a position where it can become stronger, so to speak, uh, based on its ability to acquire new targets and revenue streams. And of course, the transition period from old energy or fossil fuels to new energy is going to take some time. So it will still be able to make money and run as a profitable business. So this Mm. is something that is going to offer investors the chance to benefit from what's uh, playing out in the real world. And we've seen how last year the oil and gas industry was still raking it in. And I talked about this just now. One of them Mm. was paying 120 months of
1: bonus. Wow. Imagine that. So coal miners, definitely not on the top of the ESG investor list, as you say, and they're facing pressure from investors to change their business models. Many banks have stopped providing financing to the industry as we talk about the pace of this transition and the push factors. But geoenergy has so far not budged. So from an investment standpoint, Ryan, is coal mining still good business? There is an
0: argument for it. So, he pointed out one of his peers, uh, GEAR, has talked about getting out of the thermal coal industry. And so far, based on what Geo is thinking, Geo Energy, it is not doing that. It says it is not in need of funding at the moment because of its high cash reserves, high liquidity, and we talked about this debt-free balance sheet. So, it is mm. in an advantageous position relative to peers. And we look at what's playing out the energy crisis in Europe. That kind of reflects how many countries still can't turn away from fossil fuels. So coal prices have been supported to some extent, in fact, at sometimes elevated levels. So this means margins still look attractive for companies, especially if they can keep their costs under control. So geoenergy could be a surprise winner out of all these issues.
1: Yeah. Coal prices have more than doubled over the past year, but shares of geoenergy resources don't appear to be benefiting from that rise. They're down 20% over the past Three months. Now, before I let you go, Ryan, one more quick story to discuss. Yesterday, we talked about the world's most advanced chat bot, ChatGPT, which has been developed by a company backed by Microsoft. Google has issued a code red over the AI's popularity. There are concerns, you see, that this ChatGPT could undercut Google's search business. And there have also been concerns that students can use this ChatGPT. I haven't tried it myself, but I will. Uh, Apparently, they're concerned that students can use it to write their essay assignments, even at university level. Well, in case you're thinking, "Mm, I think I want to get on that uh, right after this segment. A Princeton University student named Edward Tian has developed an app that will detect AI-based plagiarism. How does this work?
0: Yeah, Michelle, I think you should give it a go. Try ChatGPT to write our talk set for the next week <laughs> But anyways <laughs>
1: Let's give it a go This is
0: an app That can detect ChatGBT In case you use it For writing your essays Or whatnot Plagiarism essentially So it judges you Or judges the text By how random The lines appear For example Whether it's in Bursts or Randomness How complex it is As you expect mm. Someone who's writing it It would have a certain language Or complexity to it So this is going to in some fashion, figure out whether it is um, something that's been randomly generated, as you expect, from an AI or something that has a clear flow of logic. So I'm not sure yeah. exactly how it works, but that's pretty much uh, the sum up of it No, the that's a good Genesis. overview.
1: It is a good, great overview. And in fact, it's already so popular. The app, the AI plagiarism busting app, Edward Tien created this over the holidays. So popular that the height hosting it, the site that has been hosting it, has crashed. So the company that makes ChatGPT, meanwhile, is reportedly in talks to sell a stake that would value the company at 29 billion US dollars, making it one of the world's most highly valued startups. And that's where we'll leave you for this edition of Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the
0: information on Money FM.